0: All right, grab your Bibles, go to Genesis chapter number 6. I have got a message for you tonight that I don't even know that I'm going to get to. Uh, I was excited about the the message and then uh, prepping towards that message. uh, God just sort of gave me another message. And so I've got 76 verses tonight. 76 verses. So uh, with that, we're going to have to, I'm going to have to preach quick or we're going to get done slow, one of the two. Uh, So take your Bibles, Genesis chapter number six, and we'll uh, uh, get right in here. Genesis chapter six and verse one through eight. Just follow along. I'm going to read so we can try to move along quickly this evening. Genesis chapter six, verse one. Bible says And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always th- strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be in a hundred and twenty years. And there were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children unto them, uh, the same became mighty men which were of old men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. What a mess. Think about it. Here the God of creation, the God of perfection has made something And we see it in such a bad state of affair that God says, I'm going to start over. Think about how God must have felt. Have you ever started a project and then something went wrong and it was ruined? God has created a masterpiece, and he creates a masterpiece, the world, the heavens, all of the inhabitants of the earth, man, beast, and God does all of this, and with that, he creates an entire world, and then it becomes corrupt. Just a sad state of affair. We think about the days of creation. And shortly after the days of creation, and creation, it was in days. Literal 24-hour days. There were not, were not thousands of years in between. Each day, uh, it was an evening, and the morning were the first day. The evening and the morning were the second day. These were daily events. And in six literal days, God created everything. And so, uh, even after creation, in a short period of time, uh, we find that uh, the the uh, those that he created in his own image, they sinned. God made Adam... God made Eve sinless, in his own image, put them in a perfect environment, and they still messed up. Ugh. The hurt that that must have been. You know, the devil is working. And the devil has worked from the very beginning. Go to Isaiah chapter 14 and verse number 12. And I might not even have to have you go. You might just need to write verses down tonight. But uh, go to this passage, Isaiah 14 verse 12. Because we see that there was an event taking place and the evil one, Uh, His interaction has been uh, since the days of creation. Isaiah 14 and verse 12, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation and the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. And we see this attitude of the evil one. I, I, I. That pride. And we go from the Garden of Eden and from that tragedy. Not only the tragedy of the sin that took place there. Then we see the tragedy in that first family. And in in Genesis 4, uh, we have verses 8 through 10, we have the account of uh, Cain uh, offering a... A offering. It was a sin offering that he was supposed to be bringing. Uh, there were offerings where they could bring of the fruit of the ground, and God would accept them. Uh, but if it was a sin offering, it had to be a blood offering. Abel brought of, the, uh, of his flocks, first lien of his flocks, and Uh, Cain brought the fruit of the ground. And so uh, so we have here them bringing these offerings. And the Bible tells us that unto Abel and to his offering he had respect. Unto Cain and his offering he had not respect. And so he rejected. He did not receive uh, that offering. Now, Now note, the rejection was not just the offering. The rejection was the individual. Because the heart, the attitude of the individual is what makes that offering what it's supposed to be. Our offerings to God should come to God out of a heart of, of gratitude, thankfulness, obedience to his will, submissiveness to him. And so God not only just rejected the offering, he rejected the individual as well. Uh, and so you, you see here that, that there was not only that uh, that sin that Cain had in, in bringing the wrong offering, uh, we see then that he got mad. And that anger that he had was an anger against God. But that anger against God went to his siblings, it went to his brother. I spoke about that in chapel today with the kids. Uh, And sometimes our disobedience to the authorities that God has placed in our life, the obedience to God himself, uh, we will take it out on somebody else. And oftentimes it's taken out on those closest to us. Uh, The Bible doesn't give us any inclination that Abel did anything. Uh, Abel just did right. And because Abel represented right, Cain was mad at him. Abel was blessed in his obedience, but because of those blessings now, there was anger that stirred in the heart uh, of Cain, and he killed his brother. What tragedy. God has created a wonderful world. And there is so much that has transpired. And by the time we get to the eighth generation, to Noah, uh, that eighth person, we find that the world was in such disarray that God says that I'm going to start over and I'm starting over with Noah. And so he gives a plan here and And with that, I want us to sort of look at it. Uh, Go to 2 Peter chapter 2 real quickly. 2 Peter chapter 2, and we'll look at verse number 5. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse number 5. 2 Peter 2, 5, the Bible says, And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood, upon the world of the ungodly. And so we see this judgment uh, that is coming and uh, that has uh, taken place. And that's what what we find uh, in Genesis chapter number 6 and verse 5. The Bible says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And so I titled this uh, message, and I know it's going to be more than one, so it's going to be a series, uh, just because I don't even know if I'm going to get through my notes tonight. Uh, but with this, I've entitled it, Take Two. Take Two. If you have seen uh, movies, they always have that Take Two. Uh, we have done a little video uh, uh, takes around here for different projects and uh, we joke because it's never take two it's take one take two take five take 20 Uh, and uh, trying to be able to get something pulled together and every once in a while you'll get it done pretty quick Uh, but it's almost never a just a a single take it's usually multiple takes and uh, here what we find though is take two God is getting ready to start over he is going to, to wipe the earth clean, literally, and he's starting over. Now, when we look at this event, there's so many things that we can learn. And, and we, we learn that, uh, that we have got to understand God has a plan. And when we foul his plan, things don't, don't go well. When we do not follow his plan, blessings do not come in our life. I don't know about you, but I want to enjoy the life God has given to me. I want to be able to enjoy not just some of what he has given, I want to be able to enjoy all of it. There are things that he has for us that we can't even imagine. Uh, a preacher years ago, uh, uh, Dr. John Rice, uh, he, was, he had a dream, and uh, he went to sleep, and he had this dream, and he woke up, and in his dream, uh, he, had, uh, he woke up in heaven. And when he got to heaven, uh, he had a, there were some rooms there, and he went to this one room, and he opened up this door, and it was just filled with all kinds of things that he wanted. I mean, it was completely full of all these things that he wanted in life, but he never got. And, and then uh, he went to, a, uh, to the Lord, and he said, Lord, what are, what are all these things that, that are in this room? And he said, those are all the things that I had for you, but you never asked you know whether or not it's a lack of prayer faith what not god has more for us than what we can imagine it's bigger than just our ability to grasp the the greatness of god i mean as parents we want to do all that we can for our children our grandkids we want to do everything we don't want to hold back we want them to be blessed we want them to enjoy all of that we want them to have more than what we had what why we want their lives to be blessed god wants he is our heavenly father he is a he is not just good he is a, he's a wonderful heavenly father. So, so we see that uh, the, uh, this event is going to take place and we're not even gonna get to the event of the actual uh, flood. Uh, and uh, so I, I, I want you to see, because when we go through this passage, there are, there are some things that are confusing that have been quandaries uh, that uh, people have looked at over the years. Uh, So, uh, I want you to go, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We are not getting to the message for sure. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 14. Now, when we look at the passage, and I'm going to point out some verses that there there have been some debate about uh, on how things are and were and what took place, Uh, but I want you to see several things about biblical understanding is a spiritual process. Let me say that again. Biblical understanding is a spiritual process. If you are going to understand God's Word, you need the Spirit of God to enlighten you. All right? 1 Corinthians 2.14, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. The natural man. Now, When we look at this, first of all, we could say, well, that is talking about just the unsaved. But I think it's more inclusive than that. Because there are people who are saved that have no spiritual understanding. Because they have not grown in their faith, they are babes, still with milk, and there isn't that understanding of that which is spiritual. Now, that's, that's wonderful when you have a newborn babe and, and you have somebody that gets saved and uh, the Christian life, and it's all new and they're growing. That's exciting, but that's not where we're supposed to stay. Miss Bethany brought me some beef wellington. Well, come on now. I have never had it before. Wow. Wow. It was good. And you know what? Babies couldn't eat that. And I had no problem. It was, it was good. Uh, you know what? There is blessings about getting into the meat. Getting into the meat of God's word is a blessing. Yeah. We don't want to be shallow. We don't want to be uh, shallow in our faith. We want to get beyond uh, just the, the baby food uh, of the Christian life. Uh, but we need to, to be spiritual. Uh, neither can they know them because they are spiritually discerned. Spiritual things are spiritually discerned. Romans 8, 16, the Bible says, the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Uh, That's a spiritual understanding. When you're saved, uh, there's that confidence, the spirit of God who lives within us bears witness with our spirit. So now let's look at some of the quandaries. Go back to Genesis chapter six and this is where we're gonna get stuck. All right, Genesis chapter six and verse number one. Genesis 6, 1. Uh, The Bible says, And it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and the daughter and that, I'm sorry, uh, multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old, men of renown. So we find that there are some terms that are in here that create all kinds of confusion uh, in this passage. Who were the sons of God? Who were the daughters of men? And this has been a theological debate that's gone on for hundreds of years. Not only for hundreds of years, this debate is, is uh, categorized, uh, cataloged all the way back to first century. This is, a, this is one of those passages of Scripture that theologians have gone back and forth on, Bible students, Bible scholars have gone back and forth on that, church fathers have weighed in uh, historically, uh, and so uh, we look at this, and uh, w- the questions and the proposed solutions of who these people are, uh, is what is under debate. Uh, So, uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, the Bible says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, in the Scripture, we see uh, that the Lord has declared war on Satan. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15 after the fall of man he said I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel now this is the first prophecy of the coming Savior now the Savior was going to redeem mankind, because of the fall of man, because of the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, uh, impact of Satan in the garden of Eden, uh, his, uh, leading his coercing his test or uh, tempting, uh, Eve and Adam. And they, they made a choice, uh, to follow their own flesh and they ended up sinning. Now with that, Satan, Knows that he is going to be defeated because the Savior has already now been prophesied, and that it is going to be a uh, it is going to be through the genealogy. Uh, God's God was going to send His Son to this earth, and He was going to destroy Satan. So we see that there was enmity that was there Uh, the Lord's Christ the Son of God was going to crush uh, the head of the evil one so Satan his attack and all through the through the ages has been to destroy the seed of Israel the seed of David the seed from which the promised one was going to come so With the satanic activity, it filled not only Adam and Eve, it also filled Cain. Now, we got to think back through this when God was blessing, it was always through the firstborn. Always through the firstborn. Cain was the firstborn. So, here, when, when Cain uh, sinned and he killed Abel, we find that there is something that transpires. Uh, Genesis 4, verse 12, When thou tillest the ground, it shall henceforth uh, yield unto thee, uh, shall not yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. And so uh, there was a curse placed on Cain. Christ's seed was not through Cain, even though he was the firstborn. And and with that, uh, and and I'm not just for time's sake. I'm going to skip some notes here but we see several things. Uh, verse 13 said a fugitive and a vagabond uh, that he was going to be a fugitive. Uh, he was going to be sought for, a vagabond. He was, he was going to be a wanderer. Uh, but verse 15, the Bible says that God was going to place a mark on him. Now, Uh, oftentimes people will, will intimate that this mark was something that was part of the curse. The Bible doesn't tell us that the mark was part of the curse. The mark was there to protect him from being a target. You know, isn't God good? God's good even when we don't respond right. Now, in the passage, we never find Cain sorry for his sin. There is no repentance. Uh, Cain's only remorse was the consequences for his actions. Uh, We can choose our actions, but we cannot choose our consequences. And so, so with that, we see that that is uh, the case. But uh, then we see that God gives another son, uh, and that would be Seth. Uh, in Genesis four twenty five and 6, it says, And Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son and called his name Seth. For God, for God said she, hath pointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. And to Seth, to him also there was born a son and he called his name Enos then began men to call upon the name of the Lord Uh, and so the Lord did his his seed came through uh, through Seth's line if you follow it out it did not come through uh, Cain's line Uh, but they're basically two different theories that uh, are developed around uh, this passage of Scripture on the sons of God and the daughters of men. So the first theory is the sons of God referred to the lineage, the line of Seth, all right? And the daughters of men referred to the lineage or the line of Cain. So when the Bible says that the sons of God, that would be uh, the sons of Seth, saw the daughters of men, it would have been the, son, the those in the lineage of Seth would see the daughters uh, of the uh, of the line of Cain and they would intermarry and that was uh, the event that he is talking about. The sons of God, uh, they uh, would marry the daughters of men. Now, uh, what we do see in scripture is over and over again that Satan has used intermarriage between the godly and the ungodly to change the hearts of God's people. That is something that has been consistent all through scripture. And so Numbers 25, one to four, we see that being the case. Psalm 106, 28 to 30, Judges chapter two, verses one and two, uh, we see this being the event. So the intention of, uh, of destroying the lineage of Christ through murder, the intention of ungodly relationships uh, when you have uh, the, uh, can two walk together except they be agreed, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. So these are things that uh, that uh, people uh, can see that it has been an attack against God's people uh, and trying to get them sidetracked. So uh, in first century, as well as in our day, James 4, 4, Bible says, ye adulterers and adulterers Know ye not that friendship with the world uh, of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever uh, therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Uh, The first John 2 15, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. The world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. And then 2 Corinthians uh, 6, 14 and 15, not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. He goes on, what conquered hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he uh, that believeth with an infidel, an unbeliever? And so uh, what do we find is we find that blessings of God are perverted the blessings that god has given uh, get perverted in genesis 128 uh the bible says god blessed them and said unto them be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it uh and then uh proverbs chapter 29 verse 16 it says when the wicked are multiplied transgression increaseth and so uh so what, the, what does the devil do? He takes the blessings of reproduction and he uses it uh, to further an ungodly cause instead of the plan of God. And so uh, we see that uh, that event's taking place. We know that Solomon, the wisest man Whoever lived had his heart turned away from God. Why was that? It was because of uh, ungodly marriages uh, and not, uh, uh, not marrying uh, people that were unbelievers. And so in 1 Kings chapter 11 verses 1 through 4, we can see how uh, Solomon loved many strange women. And the Bible says in verse number 4, and it came to pass... When Solomon was old, that his wives turned away his heart after other gods and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God as was the heart of David his father. And so so we see how his heart was turned. So the first thought is that that the sons of God referred to the line of Seth uh, and the sons of God were those that were the lineage of Seth marrying the daughters uh, of Cain. And so uh, that would be uh, the first uh, thought. The second thought is, the second theory, is that the sons of God were fallen angels and they married women here on earth the daughters of men. They were just natural women. And so, with that, they believe that that was the cause. Uh, Genesis 6 and verse 4, it says, And there were giants in the land in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, that they bare children to them, and the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. And so, uh, these that believe this theory now personally i do not believe this theory i believe that the uh the references are to uh, god's tree god's plan the sons of god and the daughters of men were the daughters of the unsaved the line of cain the the saved or those representing that uh, line would be the sons of god so uh so one of the verses that they use In this is Job chapter 1. Go to Job chapter 1. And I'm looking at the clock. I am watching. Job chapter 1. Job Psalms Proverbs. Job chapter 1. And verse number 6. Now, this is one of the passages that those that believe that this is the angels, they believe, uh, fallen angels, that this is uh, a tie to that. Uh, Job 1, 6. Bible says, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. Now this is assuming that the sons of God are fallen angels. Because Satan comes they believe that the fallen angels are these also the sons of God that are coming. Now, uh, so it's assuming that. Now, uh, with that, I see some problems, all right? And the problems I see is that, first of all, the Bible tells us that there, there is no, uh, that the angels are without marriage and giving in marriage, all right, so go to Matthew chapter 22, verse 28. Matthew 2, 22. I'm sorry, Matthew 22, 28. Matthew 22, verse 28. The Bible says, Therefore in the resurrection, the Lord is speaking here, uh, uh, or there, there is a dialogue with the Lord. Therefore in the resurrection, whose wife shall she be of the seven? For they all had her. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Ye do err, notice this, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. So here uh, there was a a woman that was... uh, Was brought, it was an an ideology, it was an example uh, saying that uh, this woman's husband died and the next uh, brother took her and then the next brother took her Uh, and so finally after she had all seven of the brothers uh, and so they're asking, well whose wife is she going to be when we get to heaven? And the Lord just says, listen, you just don't, you don't understand the scriptures. Uh, There isn't a marrying and giving in marriage in heaven. But then he makes that catalog referring to the angels, uh, and he made the statement uh, saying here uh, that, uh, uh, that uh, uh, but the, are as the angels of God in heaven. So uh, that tells us that the angels are not in a marrying position. They are not in a to Mary. Uh, And so that's where it's believed that the angels are sexless. All right. So Genesis uh, chapter one, verse 26, the Bible says, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing upon the earth. So God created man in the image of God created he he him, male and female, created he them, and God blessed them, male, female, man, in the image of God, uh, and said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So, So with that then, Uh, there's a few problems here that I see. Uh, Angels are sexless. Everything reproduces after its kind. That is a law of nature. It is a law that we see all through Scripture, and everything produces after its kind. And so if we have an angel and a human, then we have two different natures. And so that creates a uh, a problem. So uh, the angel is a spirit creature, a messenger. The angels engage with humanity, but we do not find uh, nature's uh, mixed natures reproducing uh, in scripture. If the fallen angels angels were given human bodies, did they cease to exist as humans and just die? and then go to hell like others? If that was the case, if that wasn't the case, then they didn't die. So the angels, we don't find any angel ceasing to exist. We see that they will be cast into hell but we don't see any ceasing of existence. Uh, So if the fallen angels were given human bodies and they did cease to exist as humans and then just died, uh, then uh, went to hell, if that was the case, then there should be fewer satanic influences. Right? Because now some of those fallen angels became men and then they died they went to hell, then there is no more of them being in the principality, power, rulers of the darkness of this world. So then, what would happen is Satan's kingdom would be divided. Matthew chapter 12, verse 22, Then was brought unto him one possessed with the devil, blind and dumb, and he healed him, insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Is not this the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow doth not cast out devils, but by by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and every city or house divided against itself cannot stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then shall his kingdom stand? And so if Satan's imps now are out of the picture because now somehow they became men to be able to have intercourse and reproduce down here on this earth, then what happened to them? So that means that Satan's kingdom, his power has been reduced. Uh, his kingdom would be divided. Uh, so, uh, so then the terms then, the sons of God, uh, do, we, do we really see that those are fallen angels? So in Job 1.6, the Bible doesn't say that they were fallen angels. Uh, it says that there was a day when the sons of God came to present them Themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them, so these are I believe angels, but it does not say that there were fallen angels uh, job two one and there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. Uh, they were just coming before the the throne together job thirty eight seven when the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. These shouting for joy. These are angels that are shouting for joy. Uh, the fallen angels are not shouting for joy before the the, the throne uh, of God. So, I don't believe that that is referencing the fallen angels. But with that, that term, sons of God, it is a position. So, uh, when you go to John 12, the Bible says, uh, he said, but as many as received him to them, gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. And so, uh, there might have been a title given towards these angels who were in these positions. Uh, but uh, I don't. I personally do not believe uh, that they were uh, in Genesis. I do not believe that we had angels reproducing uh, with humans. Uh, but with that. There are some great people on both sides of this equation. Uh, and as I am speaking, there might be some saying, you know Pastor, I think it's the other way around. And that's fine. That's fine. I'm okay with that. But I do, but I, I do know why I believe what I believe. And, and with that, it has made sense to me. But what do we find? We find that there are passages of Scripture that are confusing. And you know what? This isn't going to change whether or not I have fellowship with somebody. Somebody sees, sees it differently, I'm okay with that we're not talking about blood atonement we're not talking about the sacrificial uh, 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 the sacrificial uh, death of Christ we're not talking about resurrection uh, we are talking about some some passages of scripture where there are some obscure words that are used and they can be taken different directions uh, but uh, but with this I do have uh, my belief in that I don't believe that it was the angels having a relationship with the women uh, and in if it did, did these spirit children survive? Because if they did have children and they did were spirit children, then what happened during the flood that's going to take place in the next few verses? So lots of things to think about. Take two. Take two. So next week we will get to the actual message that I wanted to teach you tonight. That was all introductory. All right, let's pray together. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your word uh, that we can, uh, you are a great enough God, a big enough God uh, that we can't even begin to grasp the greatness and uh, all that you have given to us, what you have given to us in your word. And so I pray that you just help us to be hungry, to learn, and uh, may we have insight and wisdom, and may, uh, may we know you better because of that, uh, that hunger. And so I pray that uh, as, we, as we serve you, that we would uh, just sharpen one another, and uh, Lord, we would just do what we can to represent you well uh, while we're down here on this earth. Bless each one tonight, uh, give safety as we travel our own direction, and bring us back on Sunday, for Christ's sake. Amen.